We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Welcome to Pod Maverick After Dark. This is Kirk Henderson and Josh Bow. We are coming to you on Tuesday night, September 26th. We are inching very close to the start of training camp because by the time you're listening to this, the chances are the Mavericks have already held their first practice. How are we doing, Josh? I'm doing pretty good. Uh, yeah, that's crazy. Media day is, is tomorrow. First, No, media day is uh, not till the end of the week, right? And then training camp starts. I can't remember. I'm off to a thrilling start, but I know training camp starts for them tomorrow. That's right. Um, We're going to give Josh just a second to check his audio input because it sounds like he is broadcasting from the Batcave, but that's okay. This is we're we're not see. This is what training camp is for. Training camp is for working through the kinks and uh, figuring out the elements that we have. Is that better? That's yeah. That's a lot better. It's altered to my webcam. It always. I don't know why. Right. It happens. We're good. It happens. Yeah. So training camp tomorrow, media day Friday, mm-hmm. yeah. um, practices, and then these guys head overseas to play some basketball. Uh, looks like all the Mavericks have been in town. Like Luca was at, t- at Texas Motor Speedway, and all the photos uh, were were pretty amusing because um, Grant Williams is still in his like shaking hands and kissing babies phase of his new Mavs fandom uh, of of being on the team, whereas Luca's got sunglasses and he's like, "All right, I'm here. Hello." Just it, it, that sort of stuff cracks me up. Um, gosh, it's been some new. We've we've actually got real things to talk about, which is nice. We made it to the very end of the stretch run without you know we we, we didn't have to get too weird. Um, we didn't have to to you know maybe next summer we'll dip into kind of the more random items. But uh, we're 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 here, and and I'm looking forward to to talking actual Mav stuff. So so where do you think we should start tonight? Um, why don't we start with start with the Jason Kidd interview first? Let's ah, start yes. with like the fun stuff uh, first, and then maybe we'll go to the other news that's yeah not as fun. Um, so yeah, Jason Kidd on Saturday on local uh, DFW sports radio station. Um, 97.1 The Freak. Mark Stein does a weekly Saturday uh, kind of just radio show. He just kind yeah, of he talks up. some basketball, <laughs> some yeah. some soccer. He kind of talks about whatever he wants it, to for an hour. <laughs> yeah, there's no there's no set format. He gets to, it's it's what whatever Mark Stein is thinking about. Uh, that's what he talks about. So um, the nice part about it is he's obviously well connected with the Mavericks, as most of y'all know. So he had Jason Kidd on as a guest. Or the uh, for last Saturday's show, um, and the one thing I will say for Jason Kidd is, even if he says stuff uh, that drives either me, you, or fans up a wall, he does at least say stuff that like it's interesting. we can talk about. Yeah, 
He uh, he does not go right into the, the kind of boilerplate coach speak cliche that you kind of learn nothing from. Now, whether he's being truthful or not is a, is another thing altogether. But at least the content of what he says, there's at least some some meat on the bone uh, to pick at. And the the big thing that came from this interview was he said that you know Derek Lively and Omax Prosper, the Mavericks' two first round picks from the 2023 NBA draft are going to get a shot at being legitimate rotation players. Uh, for Lively, he said the starting center spot is up for grabs. Uh, literally, quote, it's up for grabs. Uh, said Lively has a chance to earn it. And then, of course, you know, kind of hinted that Prosper could earn the other spot. There are basically two starting spots that are kind of open for competition, it sounded like, from what Kid was saying. Uh, the locked-in starters, of course, Kyrie, Luca, and then Grant Williams. So uh, he didn't necessarily say it was going to be a lock. Um, I think there might have been a little confusion because he said they're going to start training camp and maybe start the first preseason game, uh, Prosper and Lively are. That doesn't necessarily mean they're going to be the starters on opening day. He just hinted at that like, he wants to see those two play with the three locked-in starters. He kind of wants to throw them in the deep end of the pool, so to speak, see how they react. And he hinted at that they're going to be a big part of the team, whether they're starting or not. So uh, I think that's a big that's a big thing because I think we've talked about ad nauseum since the draft that for this Mavericks team to go to the places they want to go, whether that's this season or next season or the season after that, these two players have to work. Like they these draft picks have to be successful NBA players uh, for them to kind of accomplish, I think, their long, both short-term and long-term goals. So it was fun to see him talk about that. Now, who knows if he's how truthful he's being about it, but, hey, we can only go with what he's saying. Yeah, and I think for for a pair of – I would say I'm a pessimist and you're more of a pragmatist. I, I This is as <laughs> nice of, of preseason quote as you can really get. I mean, the, the joke when Carlisle was in charge is the last nice thing he would say would be on media day uh, because he would be open and smiling and happy and then he would become Rick the Prick like pretty immediately thereafter. Uh, kid is just kind of always talking now, whether he's taking responsibility or saying things and, you know, acting like he's a bystander is kind of a different deal. My, one of my Bucks fans friends, uh, uh, absolutely rained on my parade because I was very happy about this. I was like, you know, I, and I continue to be very happy about this because even if it's lit, uh, um, you know, lip service, it's lip service in, in, uh, in attention to something that I want to believe in. And I'm just still, I'm going to be in the preseason. Uh, you know, I'm going to be in the, the kind of hopeful mindset until I'm not, uh, until reality hits. I'm, I'm just cute. But my, one of my Bucks fans friends said, this is just setting up Jason Kidd's annual November discussion on how you can't win with youth in the NBA. Uh, which is something he did do with the Bucks at least two seasons in a row. Uh, uh, but, he did with the man. He did with and, he's and he did with the Mavs with an old team. That's right. Yeah. That was the the most fun. Um, but I I gotta say it's I just keep circling back. We talked about this last week. We're going to talk about this ad nauseum. There's youth, and then there's youth that Jason Kidd had a role in selecting uh, because you just have to believe that he did. And I, I really think that both of these guys bring to the table what he wants out of a set of role players. And, you know, I, it's, it is ridiculous, you know, to kind of talk about the, you know, the, the Josh Howard of it all, like we did last week, but I, I just, I'm, I, I remain really high on Omax. My, my lively feelings are a little more mixed just because big men have a harder job, like they have a, a more diverse set of responsibilities that, that, you know, cause kind of cascades and defensive issues. But I, I, I like lively. I just, I do. I'm, I, I, you know, I wasn't super in on the pick at the time. I was kind of frustrated, but I've come around on it and, and, you know, and, and that's sort of at, at this point I, I'm, I'm choosing, you know, there's a choice involved in all this. I, I'm choosing to say, okay, let, this will be fun. Let's, let's go with this and let's see where it takes us. Yeah, Lively, presumably it's going to be tougher. One, he's a raw – he just didn't play a lot in college compared to a lot of guys that come out. Like, it took him a while to gain steam. And he did finish his freshman season strong, but, you know, oh. he wasn't a big-minute guy um, that last year at Duke. So that works against him um, compared to other guys entering the league at his age. And then the other thing is, is of course, like, you, you 
basically just said big men take longer to develop because they have more responsibility. They're basically like the quarterback of the defense. You know, they're the back line. They're calling out rotations. They have to know the rotations themselves. For a wing like Prosper, you know, his offensive responsibility is going to be next to nothing. You know, he's going to be stand in a corner, shoot, let Luca create for you. And then defensively, you can play him next to a Josh Green or you can play him next to a Grant Williams and you don't have to assign him the most, you know. Well, what did he do in college? Remember some of the fun stats that you threw out in college that really indicated how much of like a absolute tunnel vision defender he was like where it's like he he was assigned to guard a guy and quite literally shut that guy down that was his whole he was a shutdown corner but at at forward yeah because he didn't have any blocks or steals because he wasn't really rotating off the ball a lot because they like you said he was face guarding a lot of like the other team's best players Mm -hmm. um so yeah we'll see how that you know i you know he's he's gonna have an easier time uh because his responsibility is going to be different than what they're going to ask of lively so it makes sense that maybe prosper is the one that sees more minutes but i mean you know we'll we'll see what happens the the big thing is for both of them is they don't have a lot of blockers in their path yeah uh like you know look at the mavericks big man rotation like you know i, I obviously like some of the things dwight powell does but he is in no way shape or form a guy that's going to like impede his progress if he is playing well. Like he's not going to be a kind of guy that I think kid is going to play just because of the veteranness. If lively does show something and the same with prosper, you look at the wing depth, it's, you know, grant is going to, you can play two wings at least uh, once. So grant's going to be on the floor. So that's not going to block him, but like, you know, Josh green, Tim Hardaway jr. There's not a lot of other defensive minded forwards on the roster besides maybe Derek Jones jr. Maybe Dante Exum if he plays up a spot. But again, there's not like there aren't entrenched established starters, veteran starters that are blocking these two guys from potentially getting more minutes if they earn them and deserve them, which is yep. which will be the what we have to see happens. Yeah, it's funny. I went on um my, my friend's show, the the hard hardwood Knox podcast and talked about it. That was like fun. You hour. did a good job. I don't even remember what I said, but I irritated some people when I basically, and I I still hold to this. I think like casting Josh Green as a forward stopper is not fair to Josh because he's not big enough. And I, I just see Josh as like the third guard at this point. And, and I know a lot of fans feel differently. Oh, we can run him in a three guard lineup. Okay. But then you're admitting to me that he's a guard. So it's just, it's, I would, I, I don't, when I say that I think I see Omax starting at the three or maybe the four, that's him and Grant Williams being kind of interchangeable with somebody else playing the five and with Kyrie and Luca. Now that might not happen. That's just what I'm interested in seeing. Uh, I do think that we have the fun issue and kids going to get to figure this out. The fun issue of what lineups work because last year they locked themselves into the fucking McGee thing. And then they had to stay, stick with it. Like there's no, they're not married to anything at this point. You know, you got Luca, you got Kyrie. And, and I think it's safe uh, uh, for kid to sort of say, I have all options at my disposal. And I think that's really wise because we don't know how this stuff is actually going to work. We know what we want to see, but this is like, like it harkens back to what we've been calling for, for multiple years that, Hey, the Mavericks have enough new stuff to where we can't reasonably predict what they're going to do. And that's kind of fun. It is kind of fun compared to the last couple of years. Yeah, I mean, really, like Kyrie, Luca, and Grant are the only locks in terms of what we think their roles are going to be uh, for the rest of the season, really. They're the only locked-in starters. You know, Kid, I don't know how big of – I know that Kid, uh, Josh Green has developed well under Kid these last two years, but as we've seen, like Kid played Justin Holiday over over Green very quickly – uh, so that doesn't necessarily, I hated, I hated it hated too, it. but I think it gives a credence to like, I think the guys on this roster that kid didn't have a hand in, in putting on this roster, he is not married to. So your greens, your THJs, your Dwight's, your Maxis. we saw it even when he, he played Dorian, like he played Dorian less minutes in certain situations that Carlisle never would have like Carlisle's yeah. rode Dorian as, you know, as long as he could. And I remember the first season with Kid, like he would he would sit Dorian for for some stretches if he wasn't playing well. That that necessarily wouldn't happen before. So mm. I think basically any of the guys that Kid didn't have a hand in, in giving his input and putting on the roster, 
there's a lot of fluidity there. And I think and so, that's true. So, you know, and, and like you said, they don't, none of the guys they brought in besides Grant, which is he's going to be the starter, but like they didn't do a, a McGee, like they haven't promised, like all the veterans they brought in are on short, con- like Exum, Derek Jones, Seth Curry, all the veterans besides, uh, besides Grant, those are not like we like promising big role contracts. Like they're all, either minimum deals or Seth was, was close to a minimum deal. So like they aren't financially obligated to also like give these guys a role. Like they kind of do with JaVale uh, McGee where they had to tell him, Hey, if you come to Dallas, we'll start you. Like, don't go to Milwaukee to be a backup. Like, we'll st-. there's none of that going on. So I think there's going to be a lot of, a lot more flexibility early on yeah. uh, with his lineups. And I need to clarify something. Cause I'm reading the comments and I have a feeling I'm just, I, I just must not be explaining myself correctly. I don't think that Josh Green should be the Mavericks' primary wing defender. If you think he should be, as as our, our friend Luke in the chat says, the Australian coach disagrees with you, Kirk. Josh is one of the best, is one of the best point of defense defenders in the league. And if you're talking about the ball, so like your Damian Lillards of the world, sure. Bigger guys, Paul George, LeBron James, Kevin Durant, Josh Green cannot guard. Luka Doncic, World Cup. He, I'm sorry, he just he can't do it. I, I don't think it's fair. He is 6'4". He is 200 pounds. He is not 240 and 6'8", like LeBron. It's it's different. It's it's. And granted, if you want to steal some minutes, I think you can. But that's why I like Omax and Grant, because those guys are stouter in different ways. So it's, it's, it's a minor thing, and I think I must be not explaining myself correctly, because I'm really excited about the optionality that they have. So my devil's advocate would be, let's say, so it's Kyrie, Luca, Prosper, Grant, uh, and insert big man here. Center, right. Who is guarding point guards in that lineup? I mean, I think Kyrie's a better defender than we give him credit for when he tries. Okay. So you would rather you would rather have Kyrie potentially guarding other teams' point guards, but have Prosper out there compared to you know if you have Green on the if you start Green instead of Prosper. Green can be your point guard defender, you know. And that's that, see, and that's where it gets into the fun discussions because you're just right. gonna have to see it. I could be yeah, dead you, wrong. Yeah, you have to see it. I just don't love the idea of Luca, Kyrie, Josh, and putting like h- trying to hide Luca to an extent. Like Luca needs to learn to be a functional defender, and you have to stop treating <laughs> him like like he's the special guy who gets these privileges. Like he needs to just defend. Um, yeah. But again, like last year we came into this, and there's there's all this talking ourselves into certain players. There's not that with this lineup. We're saying which is the best option. That's kind of cool. So yeah. it's like if 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 Josh Green is the third option and comes in and can actually lock somebody down one night, that's really exciting. Yeah, mm-hmm. Leo says, why can't Luca? Why can't we make Luca guard threes? Because they don't want him to get in foul trouble. That's mm-hmm. part of the answer. But again, it's like some of this is is you know if Luca defends better, it it eases the tension elsewhere. And we're going to talk about that as the off season goes on, because it's important. Yeah. Um, something that's interesting also before we, we veer off. Um, if, if green does start, you know, I think some of the things that happened last season after the trade that, that, that kind of sunk the team was again, they just didn't have enough size, not just yeah. big man size, just size size from period. one through four. Uh, Cause Luca was quite often the second biggest player on the floor. Uh-huh. If you start green, like Kyrie, Luca, Green, Grant, big man, like Luca is once again the second because Grant is, you know, he can guard up, obviously, but, but he, he is, is not a shorter. A, Grant is stout. Grant is yeah. a fire hydrant. He is, like my, he is wide, not long. <laughs> my favorite was our tall. friend Nick Nick Angstad being kind of curious about this photo of Grant Williams and Tim Hardaway at Tim the was Wings taller game, than him. Where Tim was taller than him, and it's like, yeah. Yeah. That's the thing, but Grant is built built like a like like uh, uh, defensive end. So yeah. there's there's different strengths with that. So with Pro- I can understand uh, with Pro- if you put Prosper in the starting lineup instead of Green, that's where my your help. You know, Luca is not the second you know tallest guy on the floor. Well, granted, like this probably doesn't actually. happen until like game I know. thirty. No, I know. You know? that's the, but I love it. This is what I like because it's just you know, and we all know that guys are going to be built in and missing some time. There's, there's some really, there's some just really yeah. fun elements involved. How in cool is it to so. talk about like, pro, like it's nice to be able to like, well, can they yeah. slide in prosper a first round 20 year old or 21 year old guy instead of talking about like Theo or, mm-hmm. you know, Frank, like, like it's so much refreshing to be talking about mixing in these guys and what yeah. they were trying to do a season ago. 
So anyway, and, and I, I'm, I'm going to get picked apart for that because there's a lot of folks that are really invested in Josh Green. I don't, I honestly don't mind that because I think everybody's going to get an equal chance to do something. I really, you know, I, there's no, there's nobody for kid to railroad Josh Green with this year. Like that, that's going to be nice. I mean, we haven't even mentioned some of the other players who have an option. We're going to get to that because we're going to be talking player previews. But we have we somehow spent 20 minutes talking about this, which is fantastic, instead <laughs> of the next piece of news, which we just kind of got to address. And it's it's yeah. So do you want to do you want to go with it? Yeah. So it first started. I mean, it really kind of first started when the Mavericks released their training camp roster, which is not just like player roster, but also like coaching staff, like their staff. Um, I wasn't the only one to notice this. Mavs film room noticed it uh, earlier in the day than I did. I just didn't, I wasn't online that day. I didn't see it. So I wasn't unique in noticing this, but uh, when I looked at it, um, you know, it didn't under the staff, it did not have Casey Smith, uh, the Mavericks longtime head athletic trainer who in the last since 2019 got direct uh, promoted to director of player health and development. But he was still, even despite that promotion, like he was on the bench, uh, like on the front row of the bench, not like the, where the assistant coaches like Daryl Armstrong behind kid, like he was on the front end of the bench. He was very much involved in the day to day things that uh, despite the fact that he was no longer the quote unquote head athletic trainer. Um, he's been with the Mavericks for for years and years and years. Uh Honestly, as long as I can remember, like yep, since I really the early 2000s, time. Mm-hmm. Um, he's been credited as being one of the best uh, athletic trainers in the NBA. He was an athletic trainer of Team USA men's basketball for like eight years, something like that, like 04 to 2012. So he's very, very, very highly regarded. And honestly, you think about the Mavericks in the last since he's been here, they've been pretty good about one managing injuries and two um avoiding players that have an injury history um like you know i remember beating my head against the wall when the mavericks signed harrison barnes instead of chandler parsons i think back in 2016 um and it was obvious his knees were shot and you know smith has that kind of influence he was worked very closely with rick and donnie and cuban he was like part of their their trust tree whatever you want to call it decision making group so he was very much involved and so then i noticed he's not on it and I was like, okay, well, maybe it's because he's not the head athletic trainer anymore. Let me look at last year's. He was on it last year uh, as the director. So it wasn't just a case of he got yep. a promotion. It, some, that's fishy. Um, the Mavericks aren't, are very cagey about uh, as all office personnel. Are. Yeah, yeah. A lot and, of teams are. Yeah. Like, I mean, the Mavericks never officially announced that Harlebob was like an employee. Like, they just don't, yep. they don't talk about that stuff. And like you said, other teams don't do it too. So then finally, you know, we kind of sniffed around asking people that we thought would know. And then Tim McMahon and uh, ESPN's Tim McMahon and then the Athletics' Tim Cato, our former boss, basically both reported that Smith is being kind of reassigned in his role. His role is being reduced, Um, according to Cato. um, The Cato was very – I love me some Timmy. He wrote (laughs) that whole second paragraph of the article in delightful passive voice in an attempt to – like my read between the lines is he is with the team because he is under contract. He is no longer with the team. Yeah. I mean, I'm going to read it right here. Um, Cato and his, his reported piece on the athletic in August Smith was informed by Mavericks general manager, Nico Harrison, that his role would be changed to a broader focus with reduced involvement in the team's day-to-day operations, uh, according to team and league sources. Um, that change means Smith would no longer sit on the team's bench, appear in the locker room during games and uh, not travel with the team on the road. Uh, and then uh, no, one, the, no one on the team went on the record. Um, these conversations haven't happened in terms of his role next season, but that kind of just feels like yada, yada. We kind of see the writing on the wall. So uh, because there are some people that when McMahon first tweeted it, were like, oh, well, maybe Smith is like voluntarily like retiring. Like maybe he wants to retire or he, he wants to take a step back. One, Smith is not an old man. He is not near retirement no. age. He's not, and yeah. two people don't usually willingly take demotions. <laughs> That's not how it works. Um, so he was told to that his he was getting basically. I mean, he still holds the title, but I mean, obviously his duties have been demoted a bit. Um, so yeah. uh, we don't know any more than that. Uh, there's obviously probably some more to come out with this story because it sounds like his relationship with the team is in for all intents and purposes over they're just kind of like you said 
we've we've worked in the corporate world long enough to know when when someone is a part of the org or not um sounds like they're writing out his contract right um which and again you know it's it's a weird story so I'm, i'm rambling about it now but i just there was such a pushback when this first started whispering, like, oh, every, everything's heard fine. about it. Let's be clear. I heard about this in July. Yeah. <laughs> like, this was something that I first got told and was like, huh. And then, and it's like, we don't really break news at Mavs Moneyball because I have no, like, there's no incentive. Like, being wrong is the only actual incentive. And I don't want to be wrong. So I'd just rather keep shit to myself. And, which, you know, imagine me with my mouth. But it, it's... The thing that that I've been thinking about is me reflexively, almost everything the Mavs have, Mavericks have done for years is my reflexive indication is just like this fucking guy. You know, once again, the Mavericks did something and I'm just like, and then the more I think about it, I'm like, what other team have I ever cared about the trainer ever? Ever. <laughs> I don't. Yeah. I don't care. And so, you know, the machinations of what goes on in all this is 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 frankly it's it's not beneath us but as team fans we ultimately shouldn't care i i want nico harrison to be able to build the team and the structure that he wants and it really sounds like that he wants more of a structure according to tim's article i think that's good um also I, new, I, new regimes wanting to bring in their own guys is the most normal thing in pro- not the nba professional sports like we were talking about this in Slack, and I think the reason why this looks so like, oh, oh no, the Mavericks, the Mavericks screwed up. What's going on? Right. Is because the Mavericks never have regime changes because Cuban never fired anyone for twenty years. Whereas so, realistically, this happens all the time. Yes, this ha- all the all the time. Teams go through regime changes. They bring in new faces. Doesn't necessarily mean Smith did something wrong or there's bad blood. Of course, more reporting can come out later that 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 disputes that. But as of right now. This is normal. It's just not normal for the Mavericks, which yes. is why it seems weird. But really, it's not. It's yeah. not weird. It's not weird. And at so all. we just wanted to we wanted to briefly mention it because it was Mavericks news, and and sort of for once in my in my life, admit that like my initial reaction was completely wrong because ultimately I don't care. <laughs> I want to watch the basketball. I want the basketball to be good. Now, you know, we don't really know his role, and and. I don't know this. It, I just wish sometimes you could say, all right, we're parting ways. Like the, the whole PR element of it. And I, you see this in the corporate world all the time where it's like, he's going to like the, like the Chicago bears assistant coach who by all accounts is like, who, who, who is under some like really like ghastly charges. He resigned from the team to go spend more time with his family. Enough with the euphemisms. It's okay for people to go find new jobs. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah well so so yeah all right so here's what we're gonna do we're gonna take care of some business real quick and and we we just just because we have to um so i need to go find this in my uh i need to go find my my actual i I have some some you know a, a document that i have to to pay attention to here give me just a second here so as you guys know you know, part of the thing here at, at Mavs Moneyball and, and with the Blue Wire Network is we do, we will have sponsors. And hopefully during the year, we're going to be having more live reads uh, because that means the opportunity for Josh and I to make a little more money, which I know is not of the biggest importance to you, but we do, you know, like to be lightly compensated for our work here. I got strong-armed earlier in the summer uh, into downloading the two, NBA 2K mobile game. Um, playing mobile games is something I've avoided because I don't have time for more addictions. And I'll tell you guys, I, I just got to say, I really like this game. It's it's ridiculously fun. Great graphics. Lots going on. You can build, you know, you can build teams out of cards. You can play in multiplayer events. There's all sorts of stuff that you can do in this thing. And, you know, it's a free mobile game, which is really cool. And, you know, basketball season's on us. And I, I think it's a great idea for, for people who are just looking to kill a little more time and not doom scroll on Twitter. Uh, I really enjoy um, the the card collection and you know seeing what players I can go out and find uh, and and it's also you know really interesting to just kind of scroll through the different features and things that they're constantly adding because there's events and things like that. This is a a game for hardcore basketball fans. That's that's the other part. 
Uh, I don't play 2K anymore on my on my Xbox because I get too angry. But this is a a, a light middle ground, and I've really had fun playing with it. I I, I think it's something everybody should give a uh, give a shot to and go ahead and download this. Uh, if you'd like to go ahead and download NBA 2K Mobile free on the App Store and Google Play, play it'd be great if you could use my promo code Tatum 2K Mobile to redeem an exclusive Jason Tatum. Pearl tier card. That's code T A T U M 2 K M O B I L E. I like doing ad reads. I could uh, I could really sell. Um, you know, it's I I I, I want to get uh, if if we ever get like different sponsors. I I just love pitching. It's 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 weird. Um, we're gonna take another break here and cut to our podcast ads. If you guys could hold on just for a second and do me a favor and actually listen to those because they help us as well. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This episode is supported by FX's Clipped, the scandalous story of the 2014 Clippers owner's racist remarks captured on tape and heard around the world. The series charts the tape's impact on a dysfunctional basketball organization striving to win against their reputation as the most cursed team in the league. Starring Lawrence Fishburne, Jackie Weaver, Cleopatra Coleman, and Ed O'Neill. FX's Clipped. Streaming June 4th, only on Hulu. All right, we're back. Thanks for hanging out. Uh, If you do me a favor and consider subscribing to our show. You know, you go down there, hit the subscribe button. If you hit it again for notifications, you'll get hit up when we go live, which we do a lot during the course of the season. Josh and I don't talk as much during the summer because we talk to each other all the time during the season. Uh, If you could also consider liking the stream as we're up live, that actually really helps in terms of getting in front of other people who are searching for Mavericks-related content. I very much appreciate y'all's support. We're inching closer to 2,000 subs. I have kind of an obscure goal of 5,000 subs for the season, so we'll see how we can do there, and we'll see what is going on in that regard. Um, What players did I want to talk about? I had this listed out, and now I can't find my list. That's that's how you really know um, that we're actually very, very good at this. Uh, Let me see here. We have... I wanted to start... Let's start start, start talking about Maxi Cleaver. Does that work? That works. What in the world are your expectations for Maxi Cleaver in the year 2023? I feel like he has been a Maverick since time began. Well, he was a Maverick when Harrison Barnes was a Maverick, if that makes it feel like it was <laughs> the before times. Yeah. Um, I think he his first season was 2017, 2018. So it has been a very, very long time. Um I think I think after the last few seasons, I think, you know, somewhere around 2020, 2018, 29, that range, I think there was some legitimate hope that he was going to be a really high level potential starter, uh, maybe like all defense kind of guy because his career, I mean, his first three years in the league, I mean, he was, his block rate was absurd. He was very bouncy. Um, really uh, like shockingly bouncy. Yeah. Like you go, if you can find some rookie Maxi Kleba highlights, I'm sure they exist somewhere on YouTube. He's, he has some really good dunks uh, his rookie season. Uh, I remember covering a couple of games in person uh, and being like kind of shocked because he really, he really came out of nowhere. I mean, he had no, 
there was no fanfare behind his signing. He wasn't a very productive. We're like, who the hell Euro is this player? guy? Like, yeah. it, it seemed like like one of those add-on signings at training camp, where it's like, yes. oh, there, here's a body. Yes, yes, exactly. It felt like that, and then he just kind of every time he got on the floor, just a little bit more, a little bit more, and, and kind of showed his worth. I think now after the last few seasons, that expectation for him, I think, is gone. Like that that idea that he is the the defensive anchor, like the Mavericks version of a Draymond, like they're like, right. not to say that he's not going to still be important defensively, but this idea that it kind of all rests on his shoulders. I think that's, we've taken a step back from that because we've seen, he's just a little bit more limited than I think uh, people were hoping after his first few years in the league. And of course, injuries have not helped at all. I think they've zapped his athleticism a lot. Um, having a hamstring surgery, he's had some bumps and bruises with his lower lower body. Doesn't have the I don't think he has the same bounce that he had, say three or four years ago. Um, but still should be a productive player. I think the big thing is is they the Mavericks finally acquired a player um that can maybe take some of the load off of him with Grant Williams, who kind mm-hmm. of feels like a Maxi Kleba like upgrade. Like they're almost like the same type of player in terms the of things how you the run Mavericks, out of them. Yeah, switching it, it, or, defensive. Yeah forward slash centers that can space the floor that are athletic you know with grant that means maxi doesn't have to play a ton of minutes i think that's the big thing the last couple years he's been under he's he was at 24 uh, two seasons ago 25 last season minutes per game uh and he needs to play around that or less uh otherwise i think you know you run the risk of uh, of him wearing out his engine so to speak so but, but they've needed him because there's no one else on the roster that can do any of the things that he can do. So now that Grant is on the team, you can even say Derek Jones Jr., even see what Omax Prosper gives you. The, the Mavericks finally have a couple of wings that can replicate what Maxi can do at the peak of his powers so that you don't necessarily have to run Maxi into the ground for an entire regular season. So hopefully less is more with Maxi, I think, would be the the idea for this season. Keep him sturdy, get him to the playoffs if they can make the playoffs, and, and then see where you go from there. So just to clarify something, because Cowboy in the chat says, if Maxi can't defend, what are what is his upside or his strengths? He can defend. He can't be expected yeah. to guard the rim anymore because, like, my – Shout out to, to to Mike Bibbins of of one half of the Outsiders podcast. He used to have a hilarious bit called like like the Wurzburg Wall, where he, anytime Maxi would like block somebody, he would add their name to the list. Like Maxi used to be incredibly like athletic, and and remember when he challenged Kawhi Leonard at the rim and got dunked on mercilessly uh, in the in the playoffs in the I think it was a bubble against the Clippers. Like that's the yeah. sort of stuff he was physically capable of. He just can't do it anymore, uh, and that's okay. You know, the, the life comes at you fast. And I think like Dirk has really warped our expectations for tall white German dudes and how well they can play into their thirties. Um, and I, I'm just really, I'm just, I'm excited to hope that, that the less is more approach works with him. The one thing he has to be willing and able to do is take the shots that he's given on an yes. offensive. That was the thing that really bit him in elements over the last two seasons. Um, folks is... will. Oh, go ahead. Go ahead. Well, everybody like Skin Wade kind of. There's one weird post game segment where he, right before Maxi got hurt, where he's like, "That's where is everybody who was hating on Maxi?" And it's like Maxi in 22 was so horrendous shooting the ball in March that in one playoff game he hit more threes than he had the entire month prior. Like he, Maxi was just he's a streaky guy, and when he hits a dip, he's awful, and it's he's almost unplayable, and it's it's. Well, at least on the offensive end. Yeah. And so I, I'm just, I'm hopeful that more legs, more opportunity. It, it's just a little less is more approach where if they need him in big games. He can play more, but he's not expected to play, you know, however many minutes that they've been playing him night after night. Yeah. He's kind of the mascot for the Mavericks kind of limited roster they've had over the last few years yes. in terms of like he, he has no offensive game in terms of outside of being like a spot up shooter, occasional roll man, pick and pop. Like he, cannot score he cannot dribble which is like whenever he makes like long twos every like the jokes are on the timeline where it's like whoa maxi hit a bank shot and that's not like anything against him it was more just like the fact that they depended on him so much yeah just kind of exposed that part of his game he talked about like he his shooting and ability his willingness to shoot last season he took six threes 
six three-point attempts per 100 possessions, which is the lowest he's had since his rookie season. He's normally in the seven to eight range, and he was at six. Like he was, when he passes up shots, that makes things a lot harder for this Mavericks offense. So they need him to shoot when he's open, uh, and then then you know hopefully the the reinforcements that they made to the rest of the roster means they just don't have to rely on him so much, and they can keep him uh, as fresh as possible. Yep. So his his season preview, and th- these are co- these are. We're talking about guys as they've been written about on MavsMoneyBall.com. We already have six or seven up. We're rolling out our uh, kind of off-season stuff uh, inch by inch. Uh, we really kick off on October 1st because that's when our boss at SB Nation really starts to crack down on us. <laughs> so we'll have more stuff there. But we've been rolling these out as, uh, as sort of test runs. And, you know, all you can find written, you know, at least five to 600 words on every one of these guys up on Mavs Moneyball. Uh, the next guy that I wanted to talk about was Derek Lively, the second, and we've already touched base on him a little bit earlier in the show. I don't have a ton to add to what we've already talked about, other than I am very excited to see what he can do in specific offensive situations, short roll situations, if they have taught him how to screen at all this summer. Uh, defensively is where he's going to make his chops, but. I don't know. He the, the, he says all the right things about being a, a role man, and that just it 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 makes me happy because he's incredibly athletic, has a huge standing reach, and he seems to really want to do the right things for 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 this team. So it's like I, I don't have much to add past what we've talked about all off season long. I'm just I'm really excited to talk about or to watch him play basketball. Yeah, and it's just. <laughs> It's interesting because his player archetype, um, you don't necessarily get picked at that high of a, a range in the draft, you know, 12th. Um, but he just he just has everything theoretically that the Mavericks need. Um, so they just need to throw him out there and, and see what happens. Um, his foul trouble is probably going to hurt early on. But, uh, man, it's just going to be fun to watch them have big athletic dudes on the roster for the first time in, like, forever like the 2019 2020 2021 uh teams were so floor bound and that was such a big deal uh to see them have these kind of athletes is going to be just a lot of fun even if live like the thing people have to understand is live is going to make mistakes he's going to be inconsistent uh but he's going to have some really like there's going to be some really fun moments so try to take the good with the bad and don't let it get, get you too down when he has a when he struggles because that's part of the process my advice to the guy is have your hands ready because <laughs> one of the things, you know, watching Luka Doncic in the World Cup, and you just forget this unless you're watching him night after night, Luka has the ability to to put bullet curving on the ball and find players <laughs> right in the hands, right where you can put it in the breadbasket. And he, you know, he he's turned Dwight Powell into a – you know, Zach Lowe had some hilarious comments about him. It's just like like he's a zombie. He's unkillable, meaning Dwight Powell. And if you can make Dwight Powell an indispensable part of the Mavericks, then a guy like with this kind of athleticism, and we've said it before, but these have been different players in Lively. I just Lively could get six free points a game just by playing hard and playing with Luca. You know, I I, I just I I can't without rambling. I I, I can't speak highly enough for this. Um. So we've got a couple of questions in the chat. I'm going to circle back to them if we have time, guys. Guys, I see them. We're just trying to, to stick to, to our scripts. We're not talking here forever. Um, the next guy to talk about is somebody else we'll be a little bit brief on. Markeith Morris. Uh, don't really understand this one, but he is like essentially <laughs> the 15th man. And he has a lightly guaranteed, like partially guaranteed contract. I wouldn't be shocked if he is on the team the whole season. I wouldn't be shocked if he's not on the team in November. Um, would the Mavericks still have a little bit of their mid-level exception? And if you know, he's he's the very likely cut candidate for a variety of reasons. I don't. He doesn't. To me, he doesn't bring anything this team needs. He's a fake tough guy, um, and he can't shoot. He. I, I don't really know what he does. I don't know what he does. This is a other than a veteran. Like he's just sure. What does he do? Yeah, not sure. Um, maybe he has some relationships with the guys on the team, so we don't know that. So yeah, we'll, we'll see. That could be good, you know. Yeah, you never know. 
Um, he has been in the league a while, and you know there are young guys on this team, so he can be there to to answer questions if that they have. That you know that always helps, but um, yeah, there's, I mean, he's not going to play. Um, so there's 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 really not that much for us to talk about. He's going to be a the, he's not even a break glass in case of emergency guy. Like there's, I mean, Powell. There's Maxie, a lot of forwards in front yeah, of him. Yeah. yeah. Powell, Maxi, Lively, Jones, Williams, Prosper. Uh, there's there's a there's a ton of guys that are going to play before him. So there would have to be a lot of injuries for him to play. Um, so things would have to go very very bad. Um, so we'll see. And I'm with you. I don't think he. I don't even know if he'll be on the roster uh, when opening day. They've got a couple starts. of very interesting training camp guys that I think is going to be. <sighs> It's going to be tough for them to to basically say, ah, I don't know if we want like Greg. Like it, it goes both ways. It just sort of depends on what the team thinks they need. Like I, there's a question in the chat. Would you take Theo or Morris? For me, I would take Morris 10 times out of 10. That's how much I am he's not a, a Theo he's, guy. He's at um, least he's been an NBA player. Right. He's been he an was. NBA player. <laughs> um, but you never know with these training camp guys. It's, it's how much youth do they really want on the team? Um, I've been thinking about that for a while. And, you know, they're. Got to trust. I, I got to trust that they know what they're doing because I have no other choice. <laughs> so maybe Morris will be on the team. Um, Doyle wrote up a, a, a good, a shockingly good preview about that, considering what we have to to talk about in terms of uh, a guy like Morris, where we don't really know much uh, about what his role will be. Now, here's pro- the next two are probably the two most, two of the most interesting uh, guys we could talk about all preseason. And I probably shouldn't have grouped them together. This is. This is on me. Jaden Hardy. I have, we just haven't talked about him a lot because I think he might be the odd man out unless they move on from either him or Josh. I think it's him or Josh as unfortunate as that is. Yeah. I don't know what to do with him because the Mavericks um, were a guard heavy team last season uh, in terms of like their rotation. Um, And they signed, two more guards in the off season, Seth Curry and Dante Exum and Exum is a bit more of a wild card kind of guy. Um, but Curry, like I would absolutely think he's higher on the totem pole than Jaden. Um, but with Curry's injury history and, and health history, maybe that works itself out. Uh, and maybe Jaden finds his time there, but you're talking about Luca and Kyrie are your starters. Then you got THJ, you've got Curry, you have Exum, who is more of a veteran. I don't know how much more reliable he is since he has been out of the league for a couple of years. So when push comes to shove, are you going to play the younger offensive-minded guard when this team needs defense and Luka and Kyrie are going to be playing most of the minutes at guard anyway? You know, Jaden didn't really get a chance to play last season until, you know, Luka, both Luka and Kyrie got banged up a little bit. And the season kind of slipped away and they kind of had to go to him because it was like, all right, well, what else are we going to do? If things are going right, I could see a scenario where they just, he's not part of the rotation because Seth and Exum are giving kid the things he needs and THJ is going to be on the roster and he needs his minutes. And Luke and Kyrie are going to both be over 30. And it's like, where did, where do the minutes come from? So uh, that's not a knock against him because I no, think he surprised a, a lot thing. of people. Yeah. I mean, he was a 37th pick. He was awful in the G League before he got drafted. The fact that he was able to do what he did his rookie season, I think, was a huge, huge win. Um, I will admit I'm a little concerned that he basically looked like the same, like both of his summer leagues looked almost the exact same way. And that it was a little, I don't know how to say this because people are going to kill me like caring about summer league. But the fact that he didn't look that much more improved in summer league and struggled to get by guys like that stuck with me a little bit. That's been the quiet consensus amongst the Mavs fan group chats that I'm in where the Mavericks gave him a chance to do something more and he didn't. Now that doesn't really matter if you're happy with him playing the slashing scoring role where he takes one dribble, takes a shot. That's fine. And I'm, I'm actually quite fine with that where I think, and I hope he gets a chance is he really has a great frame He's really mm-hmm. long. You know, I, I often talk about how Josh Green is small. Like, Josh Green and Jaden Hardy are not, like, wingspan-wise. Maybe, like, body build. Green is a lot thicker. But Hardy has a great frame. I, I would like to see 
Hardy get a chance to play and play some defense and see if he's improved there. I didn't think he was bad last year, but it's like that's what get, makes your bones for kid is if you can defend any. Um, I just don't think he's going to get that many chances. Uh, you know, then again, Kyrie's over 30. You know, Tim's over 30. Seth, I feel like Seth Curry is like 45 with his injuries. <laughs> so it's, it's you know, it's not that I, I, I just think it's, out. yeah. And, and there's a couple of people that have talked about this where it's just, Early on in the season, I think we collectively are going to be frustrated that they don't have more opportunities for him. So Yeah, yeah. And also, like, who's – I mean, this roster isn't set necessarily. Um, there are some big NBA yep. moves in the pipeline that the Mavericks, we don't know, but could get involved in. So maybe THJ isn't around to, to, to sop up some of those minutes and they need to play Hardy. Or maybe Hardy is on another team. Like, I mean, when you've got Luka and Kyrie and you're invested in that, like, let's be honest, Hardy is a luxury because Luka and Kyrie are the ones. Yeah, which is great. And it's great that they found him with third, seventh pick. But, um, you know, we'll we'll see see where it goes from there. Yeah, yeah. So he's going to be one to watch. Um, he really came on in the fourth quarter, fourth you know quarter of the season last year. Um, I, 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 it's he's just kind of become a bit of an afterthought, and I would be delighted if he forces his way into more minutes by playing really well. Um, that would be that would be something. All right, last but not least, uh, I have fully converted to the Church of Olivier Maxence Prosper, and the more I think about him, the more excited I get. And I don't have reasonable expectations. I need people to tell me to shut up because I think he is going to be, I made the probably ridiculous proclamation that I think he's going to be on like the all rookie first team this year. That's pretty crazy. Cause this is a pretty good rookie class. Mm-hmm. Um, first, you think he's first team. Because... I think if the Mavericks are good, they are going to reward the Mavericks in various ways and awards. And he will be part of why they're good. Man, so the numbers might not be there, but I, I mean, I want, let me go look up Josh, Josh Howard's, um, all references. I, I'm just saying there. because, um, I mean, there's five guys on the first team, all rookie, and it's a positionless, uh, the, the rookie team's positionless. Yes. So it's just the best five guys. So you're saying so again, if he's on there, then one of, you know, Jairus Walker, Anthony Black, Sir Thompson. First of all, he Scoot. put Jairus Walker in prison. He did. In he summer did. league. So he I did. will not be. A, I just can't shake that. Um, that was really fun to watch. It's so it's so Josh Howard, and I don't think Josh Howard made any for it, but Josh Howard's rookie stats. He played sixty-seven games. He averaged eight eight and a half points and five and a half rebounds. Okay, that's where I th- like. There's just him being big is going to matter. It's just gonna matter. Uh, that that's sort of where I see. You know, Coops in the in the chat says, "Can we see the Mavericks using Omax similar to how the Pelicans used her herb 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 Jones in his rookie year?" Uh, I I don't know. I hope. I I really just want to see it. I want to see him play. I want to see what he's capable of. Summer league, he played with such obnoxious swagger. I want to see that. It was fucking awesome. I, I, I love being excited for young guys. I've been disappointed for so many young guys over the years. Like Jalen Brunson was so bad that rookie, uh, his his summer league, his first year, and Luca didn't play. I've been to summer league so many times, and this was like the only time where I was like, "This is awesome!" Yeah. Uh, and then with Prosper, like the idea of like he's a little bit of he's not a freshman, so he or he wasn't a freshman last year. Was he a junior? Um, so yeah, he's like right. what 21, so he's a little bit older, and we've seen the guys that are a little bit older potentially translate a little bit faster. Um, shout out to uh Desmond Bain, uh, forever. Mm. Um, you know, so he's a little bit more mature, both physically and mentally, compared to other rookies because he's not you know 19 years old, so that helps. And then again, his position not only do the Mavericks not have a lot of blockers for big wings, um, but also the responsibility when you're playing with Luca is. Just shoot the open shots you're going to get. Uh, Catch the and, ball when you go yeah. to the rim. <laughs> yeah, the like, ball when you go to the rim. Yeah, um, yeah. So we'll we'll see. But yeah, he'll be a lot. Of, he could be a lot of fun because they need. Boy, they need both. They if Lively and Prosper can just be if they can be legitimate NBA starters by 
you know, year two, year three, or whenever oh, it happens, so like that's going to set this franchise up for, for a lot of good things down the road. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, I'm just, I'm off my rocker about him, <laughs> but I think everyone should join me on this because I'm never this excited about anything. Like the last player I was this kind of like, holy shit, this is awesome about his name was Luka Doncic. <laughs> so it's, it's, you know, it's been six years, five years since I've been really, oh my God, this is great. You know, it's not like they've had that many rookies over that time, but I just, I love developmental basketball and the Mavericks just haven't been invested in young guys the entire time. Uh, I've been a really, you know, Devin Harris, Josh Green, like it was 15 years ago. <laughs> then they, <laughs> then it's like, ah, Dennis, then we had to wait for Dennis Smith and then Luca. This is, I just, I love young guys. It's, it's fun. It's, it's really fun to project. And I, I don't know why I'm really like my hit. I'm dying on the hill of a, a guy picked 24th. Uh, but hey, hey, Josh know, Howard was 30. That was because he smoked weed, and that's bad. God, that was so stupid. <laughs> also, ACC, he was he was a senior too, so I think people thought yes. he was you know. And that, that stuff was weird though. That 2003 yeah, draft is fucking ridiculous when you go look through it. <laughs> it really it's is just so crazy. Really uh, I remember I was watching that. I was in Washington D.C. I think watching the the draft with my then girlfriend, who is now my wife. Um, God, long time ago. Ah, so we'll probably go a little more in depth on other players when we're talking about them. There's a Luca preview up, but I didn't want you know Luca's almost a podcast into Same himself, <laughs> and I really want to see what he has to say at Media Day. We'll talk a little bit more about that next week. Um, He's also going to talk tomorrow. Uh, I can't wait to see how he filibusters. Because there was a question: Does he ever filibuster? He's pretty short. Yeah, that's what I really mean. And there was somebody I'm scrolling through to look for it. I should have flagged that. I'm sorry. Somebody asked if we could address Luca's injury. Ah, here it is. Uh, Div X Ray asked this question: Could you talk about Luca's injuries? I don't know how to because I don't know what his injury is. He has a thigh. (laughs) Yeah, and it's it's really kind of you know, Josh and I get stuck in the grind sometimes and he got hurt against the Pelicans twice in 30 days. First, he hurt his heel on his, and if this is a throwback reference, um, does anybody remember the Kevin Bacon movie, the air up there? Uh, Luca tried to do a dunk and missed horribly and came down on his heel and hurt his heel. And then he, and, and I forgot about the thigh injury. I just, Luca, the way he plays football or he plays basketball, like three yards in a cloud of dust where he just, he's going to get hit in the thigh. He needs to either start wearing like legitimate thigh padding or something because he's like, these sorts of things aren't going to go away. It's just part of the way when you drive as much as he does, it's, it's really crazy. Um, so I, I don't know what his injury is other than the fact that he mentioned it at the world cup that his thigh hurt and that's alarming. I don't want to be, you know, oh no, I didn't really even write about it in my preview because I don't know enough, but for him to make a comment in that regard concerns me. And I hope that, I hope it works out. Yeah. And we'll, we'll get that clarity tomorrow and we'll, we'll see where it goes from there. Yeah. So schedule wise, I am really actually swear to God this time going to try to host a Friday podcast. I have been very bad about that. Uh, my new boss keeps calling me at obscure times. I need to just be honest with him and tell him that I do this stuff. I don't think he'll really care because I work all the time anyways. Um, I got a question from Michael Rowe that I'm going to wait to to start that show with on Friday because I think that'll be a good sort of start. Um, the good news, Coop says the good news is that they finally found it on an MRI. Well, what did they find? Like just like a deep thigh bruise on Luca? I mean, that's kind of what I assume because... When I was a junior, a senior on my basketball team got dead legged real hard. And the dude was not the same the rest of the year. Like he thought <laughs> it was like one of these bizarre because I mean your thigh and your your uh your quad muscle is enormous. So it just it's not shocking that that, that Lucas hurt. Anyways. Um so yeah, be looking for that. Remember, guys, the live show that I like to host uh is one of these deals where I want you to come up here and join Josh and I. The link is I post it in the, the YouTube comments and then you click on that link, go to a waiting room, and then I bring you up on stage. We used to do this last year all the time, post game in the uh, what was then the Spotify green room. Uh, and now we do, and then Spotify Live, well, locker room, Spotify green room, then Spotify Live, which then Spotify dead. Um, <laughs> so now we're, we're here on YouTube at 
some people's requests. You don't have to show your face, but I will say uh, we're all just fans talking hoop and it is fun. And I would appreciate it if you joined the show and, you know, got your takes off. We're going to have a lot to talk about by Friday afternoon because Friday's media day. There so, we go. Can't yeah. wait. All right. Firm hour from Josh and I. I would say we have other stuff to talk about, but we don't. Um, I'm going to post this stuff on Mavs Moneyball, and I'm going to go watch Ahsoka. What are you going to do for the rest of the evening? Oh, my gosh. I don't know what I'm going to do. Um, blast from the past. I, you, you, heard, you remember the game Portal from 2007? Outstanding game. I just beat it for the first time ever uh, earlier this afternoon. Had you seen the end credits? With- uh yes with the song okay. yeah. <laughs> yeah that was uh, lisa our one of our throwback editors lj for for long-term mavs moneyball fans she somehow knew all of the words to that song i don't know why so i think of her whenever i whenever i think about that song very it's a yeah. great game incredible yeah, game. T- 20 years late i don't know how i didn't yeah, play no, it until just now but i did no, the orange box the the whole all that half-life stuff it's yeah. it holds up I, uh, I I keep every time I get a chance to play Starfield lately. I've been going back to Breath of the Wild because Starfield is like oh, is making me anxious. But <laughs> I just I need to get into the grind. Like I watched some video today of a guy uh, playing like he had built a city, not like a settlement in Fallout Four, a city. And he was like, "Yeah, I spent two hundred hours doing this." And I'm like, 200 what?" And it's just I, I I wish you know I I wish to be independently wealthy so I could play video games all day. That's what I would like. <laughs> All right, guys. Uh, thanks for hanging out. Please remember to subscribe and like and leave comments. I love seeing comments. Uh, I, I come and check them after every show. Um, I, I Josh doesn't have, so I do that so Josh doesn't have to. Uh, we will be back on Friday. Please visit MavsMoneyBall.com. Thank you so much for your support, and we will talk to you a little later in the week. Go Mavs.